So our reading is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 41 to 44, if anyone wants to follow. And this is um, the widow's offering, which is quite appropriate, seeing as we are um, talking about gift day today. Okay, so this is from the New Revised Standard Version. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, but she out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Am I on? Great. Yes, I am. Well, it's great to be able to share with you this morning. And um, if you're new or visiting, then I hope you'll forgive me uh, if this morning's talk is aimed primarily at those who are members of the church family here. Although the subject matter is true and relevant for everyone, uh, as I want to speak on the theme of giving. But before we get there, uh, last week was Vision Sunday. And so I just want to give a little recap of um, what I shared, as that's in essence, what we give to. And um, if you didn't pick up a, a little booklet, then that's kind of a, an overview, I guess, of what I was sharing. Um, and in essence, our verse for the year is Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Um, and as I was just reflecting on what the Lord might be saying to us as a church family, uh, there is a sense that there's a lot of noise in the world at the moment, isn't there? Uh, this passage or this verse comes in a passage all about worry and anxiety. And there's a lot that can consume our minds at the moment, both globally and we'll all have personal things that we are carrying. We'll all have questions uh, about the future. Uh, there's a lot that can occupy our minds. And it was as if the Lord was saying or inviting us to hand these things over to him as our heavenly father, who is good and we can trust. And then we're free, the burden has been lifted to pursue the things of the kingdom and to go on an adventure with him. And that's the, the direction of travel um, for us. That's what we are putting our hearts and minds to, to seek first the kingdom of God in our family life. What does that mean in our work life? And here... Uh, as a church community working to serve our local community. But today, as I said, I just want to look at what the Bible says uh, about giving for a moment. And the Bible doesn't just speak about money when it speaks about giving, but it speaks about giving as being threefold. We give of our time. We all have the same amount of time each week. What do we give that to? We have our talents, our skills, our gifts, our passions, and then we have our treasure, our finances. And the word give is used over 1,500 times in the Bible. That tells you something, doesn't it? And in a sense, Christianity 
is all about giving. The most famous verse in the whole Bible. What is it? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Or he was generous, as one uh, Anglican bishop put it. And when you think about it, any relationship is about giving. You're giving to your partner or your friend. You're giving to one another. And as soon as you have the posture of taking in a relationship, that's when things begin to go wrong. And inside each of us, I believe there is a desire to give something so that we might bless others. We saw that, didn't we, with the response in the pandemic, or if we reflect on the response to what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. And when we do that, when we give ourselves away, I think we find what the Apostle Paul talked about in the book of Philippians, when he said he found contentment in all things. He found completeness and satisfaction in pouring out his life for other people. Likewise, Jesus lived a life where he knew contentment and satisfaction, and yet his life was completely poured out for others. He gave his life away for others, ultimately shown on the cross. And you know, for all of us, we've probably found that it's when we give something of ourselves, whether that's we give our time to something, we give our treasures, we give our finances, or we give our talents in some way to some cause, that we find a deeper sense of life. We find a greater richness to life. We find that perhaps, paradoxically, rather than life feeling more empty, we feel more full somehow. Our relationships become richer. I wonder what example you might pick from your own life. And when you look at what Jesus has to say about giving, you will see he's actually more interested in the motive of our giving than the amount that we give. And in our reading today, he wasn't so interested in the size of the gift that the widow brought, but the heart with which she gave it. So just a reminder, we're in Mark 12, 41 to 44, if you want to follow along. You might know the story well. Jesus is sitting opposite where people came into the temple and put their money in the treasury. You can picture the scene. And many rich people came and they threw large amounts of money into the treasury. And then this poor widow comes along and she puts two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. And Jesus calls his disciples over and he says, do you see that? Now look at that. That woman really gave. She gave out of the poverty that she had. The others gave out the abundance that they had, but she gave everything that she owned. And in a sense, what he was saying to his disciples is, when you give, have this picture in your mind. He was trying to show them the way of the kingdom of God. Be like the widow, is what he was saying to his disciples and to you and me. And it must have been a striking moment for those disciples as he was inviting them to think about giving in a different way to the way they perhaps thought about it before. And I think there are a number of different reasons why we should give together of our time, our talents, and our treasure into the kingdom of God to make the world a better place. And I just want to briefly bring three reasons this morning. So the first reason, uh, our giving is in response to the blessing that God has poured out 
in our own lives. As I've reflected on this passage this week, it's made me wonder, what was it that motivated the widow to give everything that she had to the treasury? What was it that motivated her? You know, it could have been gratitude for what God had done for her in the past. Maybe she'd had the most magnificent husband. Maybe she'd had the most terrific family. Perhaps she'd known years and years of God's richest blessing in her life. I suppose I could be making some of this up, but what I do know is that gratitude for yesterday's blessings is probably one of the strongest motivations that we have to give today. Lord, thank you for what you have done for me. I am so grateful that you have smiled upon me in my life. Now, in saying that, I know some of you will be thinking, well, yes, Ben, but my final prayer has not yet been heard. Maybe I'm married, but I'm unable to have children, and I'm crying out to God. Or I'm single, and I long to be married. I'm crying out to God. I'm in a job, but I don't like it. I'm unsure about the future. I'm crying out to God. I'm new to this area, I haven't quite found friends yet, and I'm crying out to God for community. And I want to say I hear that, and every prayer matters. But I also want to say that for each of us, there are things in our lives we can be thankful for. We know that God is the source of all we have. He's the source of our lives. He's given us our abilities. He's given us the natural resources that we have in our world. And because God has been good to us, we give. We give because we live in this place of abundant blessing, amazing blessing that we see, particularly at this time of the year. One of the things that I try and do from time to time, probably should do it more often than I do, is go running. And um, I'm not a quick runner by any means. I kind of tend to put on a podcast because I kind of find it fairly dull. I know if you're really into running, that's probably not the thing to do. Um, But I think, you know... Something's better than nothing. So I try and get out on a Saturday morning, and one place that I've gravitated towards on my runs is Crystal Palace Park. And you know, if you go around Crystal Palace Park on a Saturday morning, and the sun's shining, the sky's blue, and you see the colours of the, the plants at the moment, the verdant life that is there, it's very hard to say that God is not good. It's very hard to miss his amazing abundance and all that he's given to us. And as if Jesus says, freely you have received, so now freely go and give. I've been generous to you, and our natural response is generosity back. So I believe that God calls us to give out of gratitude for what he's done in the past. A little bit of our time, a bit of our talent, and a bit of our treasure to see his kingdom come. And then the second reason we're to give is because we want to share our blessings with others. In the short reading that we had today, I see a completely different attitude amongst the people that went to give at the temple. The first group came and gave out of their wealth, verse 41. You can have a little bit because I'm wealthy and I still want to be wealthy, so you can have a small part of what I have. But the widow came and said she would give until it cost her something. She gave until it affected her. It's as if her attitude was, well, I'll give you some of my time so it really feels like I'm doing something. Or I'll give you some of my skill base, some of my talent to serve and help others, even if at times I don't necessarily 
feel like doing it. Or I'll give some of my treasure, not as these people who approached the temple in front of Jesus and threw in large amounts every now and then just to see what would happen. But she gave out of her poverty and she gave so that it cost her something. So she knew she was doing something significant for others. And in the economics of the kingdom of God, Jesus says that woman gave more than the others. She's saying, I want your life to be blessed and to be different. I want your life to be better. In a sense, she poured out her life for others. And as a church, we want to be able to serve those in our community who are in need. And just to give an example, we really want to be able to do more at Miriam Lodge, the uh, homeless shelter, which is right next to us. We want to be able to serve that community in practical ways. But not only that, we want to be able to provide a place that uh, the guests there can be prayed for and experience the love of Jesus. Not only that their practical needs would be met, but that they might find a new life and a new hope in Jesus. And there are all sorts of conversations and dreams and plans going on about what we might be able to do at Miriam Lodge. To give another example, we want to be able to serve single parents in our local community. If we look at the demographics, we know that there is a large proportion of single parents And there are dreams, plans, discussions going on around how we might serve that community. Is there a lunch that we could do where we could put on activities for children and we could give uh, parents a lovely lunch and treat them, pamper them in some way? As we do that collectively, we can make a difference. And I know that you're like me, you want to make a difference in this world. I know you want to live a little bit beyond yourself giving of time, talent and treasure and that enables us to do something for the kingdom in a greater way. You know, to those who are parents, I wonder if, like us, you check your children before going to bed. Sometimes you think, maybe I'd rather not, just let it be. But before we go to bed, we just check the kids are all right and um, hopefully they're asleep and, you know, you look at them lying there and sometimes Leah and I just think to each other, God has been so kind. God has been so kind to us. Or maybe you meet up with a friend in central London for a meal and a a great chat, and on the way back you think to yourself, God has been so good to me. God has been so kind to have this friendship. Friends, we have so much, and in acknowledging all that we have, God wants us to share our blessings with others. And then thirdly, what else is this widow investing in? If we could have the third slide, Steve, the third point, that'd be great. Uh, What else is this widow investing in? She's investing in what the treasury would have been used for. It would have been used for extending God's kingdom. It's all about the future. So we give in grateful thanks for the past. We give to bless others in the present, but we give also because we want to change the future. And it actually seems to be one of life's natural laws, doesn't it? That if we don't plant, then we can't reap. If we don't sow the seeds, then we can't see the plant come through. I'm discovering that as I'm trying to um, improve the the garden at Gainsford Road, where we uh, live, and taken a recent trip to Honor Oak uh, Garden Centre, and kind of getting into that. Or if you speak to a farmer, they'll know that if you don't plant, you can't reap. 
And that's what we're invited to do as we give. Last week, I shared some specific things we want to see developed here at Holy Trinity over the coming year. And the first thing, in a way, is probably the most significant thing because it releases everything else. And the first thing on that list, you'll see it in the vision booklet if you have it, was developing our staff team so we have greater capacity for ministry. And specifically, uh, over the summer, that means that we're recruiting for an operations manager. We're currently in the process of doing that. And we also want to recruit for a children's and youth pastor. Why do we want to do that? We want to recruit for an ops manager because this is the role that will release other ministries in the church. It will allow the church to operate smoothly, well and professionally so that in the future we can go further and move quicker in the things of the kingdom and not be held back by processes. Ministry leaders can then focus on their ministry areas rather than bureaucracy and administration. And those who are gifted in operations or administration, the Bible says it's a spiritual gift. And we're very grateful for those who have that. Someone speaking for as one who finds administration perhaps not a spiritual gift. They've naturally been given and so needs to work harder at it. And we want to recruit a children's and youth pastor because we want to invest in the futures of children and young people here at Holy Trinity and in our local community in Sydenham and Forest Hill. We want to invest in the futures of families. At the moment, we currently have one group running for children. That's not where we want to be. We're doing that out of necessity. Really, we want to have multiple groups on offer to help disciple our young people here at Holy Trinity. We want to be able to run midweek groups both for people who are part of the church, families that are part of the church, but also for our local community in evangelism and discipleship. Picture all the children in the vast number of schools within a stone's throw of this building. So many schools, so many children. We want to give an opportunity for every child to meet Jesus and to grow a personal faith in him. A couple of months ago, after the um, social that we had, the fish and chip and game social, uh, one 11-year-old girl who's part of this church family came and found me and said, Ben, can we start a youth group? I would love to start a youth group. And employing a children's and youth pastor is part of that process that will allow for that to happen. You know, it's such a hard time to be a young person, isn't it, culturally? Mental health issues are sky high. There's lots of pressure in different ways. What is the best thing that we could do? I think one of the best things we could do is introduce children and young people to Jesus as a solid foundation in their lives, as an anchor, and to provide a map for wisdom and guidance in how to live. So these roles are the main investment for next year. And as well as that, there are some kind of one-off projects that we want to do. We want to make some developments to our building um, and the setup to make it more uh, usable. For example, we want to put in a ramp uh, as you come in so that it's more welcoming for families and for people who are disabled and in a wheelchair. We don't want to say, oh, no, you have to go around to the side entrance. We want to say, these doors are for you. You are so welcome. So that's part of what we want to do. We also want to... Uh, hopefully tarmac the driveway. We're looking at improving our offices here as the space is quite limited and that will build future capacity 
for what we're able to do and the ministry leaders were able to have. As the widow gave, she was investing in the future. And as we give today, we're investing in the future ministry of this church and we're investing in the lives of those we want to serve, whether that's children and young people, whether that's increasing our capacity to serve those on the margins of society. So as I come into land, three reasons to give. We give out of gratitude to God for what he's done in the past. God, you've been so good to me. We give because we want to share our blessings with others. And that so actually costs us something. And in that we find life. And we want to sow into the future so that we might see many people find faith and hope in Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to give this morning, something of your time and your talents, but particularly today's Giving Sunday, particularly your treasure to the work and ministry of this church so that we can see lives transformed and our vision to see God's kingdom come here in Sydney and Forest Hill. So uh, how can you get involved? If you look under your chair, you will find three things. And um, if it's not there, look under another chair and there will be, will be there. Um, I think most chairs got covered. You'll see three things. You'll find a pledge form. You'll find a postcard. That's for you to keep. Um, And then you'll find a very exciting, no, very important gift aid uh, declaration form. And... um, If you just look at the pledge form, uh, just for a moment, you'll see there are two main ways that we are inviting you to give or to respond today. Um, And the first ask, really, is to join the parish giving scheme. Uh, That's to give regularly uh, a direct debit to the church. Uh, The parish giving scheme is an initiative from the Church of England. Uh, Simon Appleby, our treasurer, has given it the thumbs up. It's a great... Uh, thing it kind of smooths out the processes um, and that's how we've decided that we want to collect our planned giving and so I want to ask everyone who considers themselves a member of this church as part of your commitment to our vision to join the planned giving scheme and you'll see on your postcard that there's a website there www.parishgiving.org.uk if you look for Holy Trinity Church Sydenham on that website then you can give that way. There's also a QR code. If you um, use your device, your camera, on that QR code, that will take you to the website as well. Now, I believe our vision for the year is bold and exciting and full of faith, but it requires each of us to play our part. And for what we want to do in terms of developing our staff team, I want to be transparent. Um, And it means that we need to increase our planned giving by approximately £30,000 a year. Now, you might think, gosh, that sounds like quite a lot of money. But if we break it down to a month, we could just have the next slide, that works out, just to give an example, at 2500 a a month. Okay, so suddenly it doesn't sound quite so much. And then, just imagine this scenario. It might be that five people begin, they start on the parish giving scheme. And they start at £300 a month. Well, suddenly we're up to one and a half thousand. It might be that there's a further five people who say, well, I think £100 a month is what I can give. And so they give 
Uh, that takes us to fi another 500. Then there's another five people that could give 50. There's others that could give 25. And suddenly, we're there with each of us playing our part. Of course, this is just an example. You might choose to pledge something different. But however much you feel is right, the big ask today is please join the parish giving scheme that will help you to budget your giving and it will help us with our budgeting for ministry this year. So that's the first part of the pledge form that you can fill out here. The second part is a one-off gift. We have the opportunity to give something one-off and that money will go... Uh, yes, to help boost the recruitment that I've talked about, but also to some of those one-off projects to help the building become more and more fit for purpose and allow us to do what we want to do. And so you'll see on the postcard, there are different ways you could give a one-off gift. You could give by bank transfer. The details are there. You could give by cheque. Uh, there's a QR code there, and that will take you to a Give a Little campaign, and you can give very simply by following that QR code. I should also say this morning that if you are using the envelope scheme, then please see Despina and she has envelopes for you and you can give in that way today. So simply, um, if you are using the envelope scheme, then on your pledge form, simply write envelope and we'll know that that's from you. The final thing is the gift aid declaration form. And even if you filled out one of these before, it would be so helpful for us if you could just fill that out again and then we know that we have that. And that allows us to recoup 25% of your gift if you're a taxpayer. So for every pound you donate, we can get an extra 25 pound, uh, 25p, 25 pounds would be great, 25p in reclaimed tax. And we want to do this as part of our worship uh, in the practicalities, the um, exact setting up payments can be done later. But the pledge form gives an opportunity for us to respond today. And in a moment's time, Gabby's going to lead us in a, a song of worship. She's going to sing over us. And we've got a chance just to reflect on what our response might be. And we've got a box that will be here on the, the stage here. And I invite you just to pause to reflect on how much you want to respond by, how much you want to give and then fold up your pledge form and come and put it in the box, just as a way of responding to God this morning. So let's just pause for a moment. We're going to pray, and then Gabby's going to play for us, and we're going to have a chance to think about our giving and what we want to give. So let's just be still for a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have given to us. We thank you for the invitation you give us to spend our lives on you and the things of the kingdom. And in that, we find life. And we ask that you would pour your spirit on us now. I ask that you'd help us to hear your voice, that we should know what our personal response this morning might be.